Welcome back, everybody. This is the Meat Cartel Podcast, episode number six. The topic for tonight is on the farm. We have myself, Jay, Jaron, Jay's son, Jaron, and a guest with us tonight, Scott Wessel, who's going to probably do most of the top talking tonight. I sure hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's a good talker. Yeah. Kyle is absent. He's uh, he's screwing off in Marco Island, Florida, or something for the week. So we we brought in some. I wouldn't even call them backups. I would call them probably a little better than Kyle. I think we might have improved. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, welcome back, uh, Scott. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. What'd you cook on? What'd you cook on? Uh, for the most part, a pellet grill. I'm an easy bake oven oh guy. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's Scott. I'm a farmer. Uh, I farm with my dad here in Southern Illinois. We raise row crops, and uh, my dad has cattle. I do not. I want to make that very clear. I don't own any cattle, but uh, I do work with him daily. So his cattle are. Uh, part of my life as well so we have a cow calf operation and there i go saying we but he has a cow calf operation that i help him with and uh yeah we farm in the area and i cook on a pellet grill <laughs> so yeah easy, easy bake oven for me jaron why don't you say hi to everybody tell us what you've been doing this summer hi i'm jason uh, he makes baits. Yeah, I have a bait company that I made this summer <laughs> called PB and J Baits. Plug the baits. Yep. yep, that's right. That's the only way to sell them. You got to get them on. <laughs> he he yep. made his first sale tonight. Yep. What what kind of baits are you making? Uh, lizards, sinkos, crawfish, and swim baits. All right. So right I'm now. not a fisherman. What the hell is a sinko? It's like a long, like, worm. It's a, yeah, it's pretty much just a long worm. And you put a hook in it just like you do a regular worm? Well, n- no, but it's for bass. You can catch bass on them. And uh, there's different ways, like Texas rig it, and there's just different types of ways you can rig them, but it's mostly for bass. Gotcha. So you've been hammering the bass this summer? Oh, yeah. You and you and your buddy Parker? Yeah. We also have a, another another one of my buddies, but he's not really... He doesn't live around here. He lives in Grand Forks, so can't really fish with him. Yeah. All right. Jay, what what you been up to since the last podcast? Uh, I know we've been through Father's Day and some other stuff since the last time we were all together. Yeah, we missed a week, didn't we? Yeah, we skipped yeah. last week because I was Because you were all fucking off in South Carolina. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so next week, I need to go fuck off somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Father's Day was good. Cooked a brisket. Yeah, how'd that turn out? Uh, huh? How'd that turn out? Turned out real good, yeah. Oh, yeah. It it was very good. Did a Texas-style hole. That's, I, you know, for amateur people like myself, that's the way to go. So, like, complete Texas style, like just salt, pepper, and garlic, or? Oh, no, 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 I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, I injected it with blue salt beef marinade. Oh, what did I use on it? Uh, Heath Rouse, jalapeno and garlic, molten beefy, blue hog, and twisted steel steak appeal on top. But, uh, turned out real good. Wrapped it. Wagyu fat wrapped in peach paper turned out pretty good. Kyle cooked ribs, which they were really good. They were also very he knows what good. he's doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His ribs are usually he's, he's always got, on point. He's got that figured out. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we just sat there and hoped for rain. Yeah, that didn't some, happen. We need some rain really bad. I mean, uh, it happened, but it was not much. Yeah, it's getting pretty ugly. Anything else? Uh, we went through that was last weekend. So did you Man. do anything this very past weekend? 
hung out around the neighborhood. Celebrated a neighbor's birthday. Went to Grafton. Uh, no, I was a pretty low key weekend actually. Yeah, happy birthday, Sasha. Sasha Cap. She's definitely listening. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. I can almost guarantee that. Probably. Like, Absolutely no. <laughs> probably Granger is. Granger might be, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna, hopefully he is. Maybe he can teach his dad how to use that pellet grill he's got <laughs> to actually cook something with a crap on it. Scott? Yep. Did you do anything exciting for Father's Day? or? Uh, the wife and the kids and I went up to the car show at uh, Highland. The Father's really? Day car show. They do it every On the year. Square? Yeah, you know, it's at the uh, Linenthal Park. They do it up there every year. And uh, so we went to that. Her dad, my wife's dad, he's got a car. So he was up there. He's got an old Camaro. What year? Uh, his is a 73, I want to say. 68 is my like. Yeah. That's my dream. His is pretty sweet, though. He used to have a blower on it for a while, but no longer. He took it off. He's got. He's kind of tried to make it mostly stock, back to original. Nice. But uh, we went up there for that, and then it got really cloudy, and it looked like it was going to rain, so we took off to get home, and I pulled out a lawn chair and sat in my garage with the door open and tried to watch it rain, and it didn't. Uh-uh. So that was very disappointing for myself. I don't know about you guys, but no, we're, that's we're what we living did. in a desert. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I gotta tell my kids to watch out when they run around the backyard. There's cracks back there; they can roll an ankle uh-huh. in. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. for sure. Yeah, I walked around, and sprayed my the weeds in my driveway. The only thing that's growing right now, the weeds in my driveway. Last night, and there's some cracks in my freaking rock driveway that you could sprain an ankle in. I've got cracks in my concrete driveway in front of my shop, and uh, I mean, there's always cracks. It's old, old concrete, but uh, they've gotten exponentially wider the past several <laughs> weeks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like Jay alluded to earlier, uh, we left. We went to uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina, for the week. Uh, we left the Saturday of Father's Day weekend, and came back this past Saturday. It was a good time. Um, the whole family went, me and my wife, Bryson and Briley, uh, my brother Blake and his wife, and they're almost one-year-old, and my mom and dad stayed in an Airbnb, actually uh, Airbnb that Jay and the Pottis clan stayed in a couple years ago, or last year, actually, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty cool Airbnb. Got a bunch of different games in the basement, bags and ping pong and shuffleboard, or not, yeah, shuffleboard and foosball and then it had a in-ground swimming pool there at the house so pretty much it was pretty relaxing we hung out at the pool and we did walk to the beach the beach was about i don't know two or three blocks away we walked there two times and let the kids play in the ocean my son is a definite fish in the ocean you he didn't ever want to come out of there uh, so yeah my father's day was good vacation was good and now back to the grind so i think that's all we got for for what we've been up to uh let's jump into the main topic tonight which is on the farm that's uh, why we brought scott westland that's why scott's here he's a sort of expert in the trade sort of uh as he alluded to Strong, he doesn't sorta. actually own the cows his his dad does but he's been around them Grew up with them. Yeah, your whole life, pretty much, right? So, um, so last podcast we talked about stocking a freezer and and the benefits of basically, you know, buying a quarter of a beef or a half a beef versus just going to the store and buying what you want, and you know that there is some cost savings there. You know, you're paying six fifty a pound for everything versus six fifty a pound for hamburger and. $25 a pound for a steak where you're getting, you're paying a basically same price for hamburger, but you're, <laughs> but you're paying, uh, you're getting the steak for Booyah. quite a bit cheaper. Uh, so Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about shit raising cattle? Like how to, how does your, your dad do it? Does he start with calves and raise them into full grown cows or no, no, not quite. Uh, so what we have going on at our place is uh, what you might call a cow-calf operation. 
So we have cattle, uh, cows, and we have bulls, and we breed. And so you get calves, and we raise them until about uh, four to 500 pounds. So feeders, we sell them as feeders. We have a handful of people in the area who buy feeders from us. Uh, some are right on the road over here. You might, I don't want to say any names. I don't know whose name wants to be said on the podcast, but... Um, we have a few people in the area who we sell calves to, and they finish them out themselves for market. So they have their own people who they sell them to after the fact. Gotcha. So so you guys aren't actually, you're not raising them up to no. market. So you're, you're... We, we buy, my dad buys, uh, we try to buy older cattle who are more experienced in the birthing. So, uh, I mean, that's not to say we won't buy younger cows two to three year old cows, but we're not breeding heifers. Gotcha. So the uh, odds of having to pull a calf are lower. And uh, we try to run black bulls. Angus bulls tend to throw smaller calves. So it's an easier birth for the animal itself. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the situation we got going. We keep them on pastures in the, in the summertime. And then we got, I want to say... Uh, right now, four different pastures we have them on in the area. They're all close by. We can go just a five-minute drive to go check on the cows daily at all of our different pastures. And then uh, in, in the wintertime, we'll bring them home. We have our farm, our barn in our lot at home, and then the neighbor's place. We keep cattle on in the winter as well. And so, yeah, we can keep a close eye on them in the winter and feed them every day. And then in the springtime, we'll move them out to pasture. So when you when you bring them out to pasture, are you still occasionally feeding them grain, or are they 100% pasture? It's not 100% pasture. Uh, all intents and purposes, it's 100% pasture, but we take a couple of buckets of feed out there daily or every other day, uh, get the cattle used to just coming to the bucket because they, they see that bucket and they know what that means. Yeah. So they come running uh, just so it's easier to catch them. Later on, if we have an issue or we need to catch one that's sick or if we want to catch calves to uh, do banding and vaccinations and whatnot, or at the end of the year when it's time to catch them and take them home. So they get used to that bucket and they know what that means. So they do get a little bit of grain. It's not a whole lot. It's just enough to keep them used to it. And, yeah. they, and they see it. It's like a treat for them. So they see that, they come running, and we can catch them if we need to. Gotcha. Uh, so is calving season, is it pretty much over for the summer or is it, does it go on all summer long? Well, it really depends on the, uh, operation you've got going on for us. We've got calves going all year long. So, uh, it doesn't really matter what time of year it is. We've always got pregnant cattle. We've got cattle, calves being born all year long. So yeah, I mean, we've always got stuff going on. Gotcha. So you you bring them you basically bring them back to the to the house in the winter just just because the pastures are yeah there's no there's no grass or, growing on yeah, the pasture so the, the food's gone so as soon as that's is that always what September October uh, I think uh, it depends on the pasture but I think most of our pastures in the lease agreement we got to have them off by a certain time so like for example. Here, I think it's the 1st of November on uh, Jay's family's pasture. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, no, we bring them home, feed them hay all winter long. We, uh, we'll chop some corn silage. And this year, we, you know, it's not really raining so much, so I don't know if we're going to have any <laughs> corn to harvest this fall. So we'll probably chop a lot of silage this year, but we'll feed them corn silage and hay at home and at the neighbor's place all, all winter long and uh, keep them fat and happy. And... Uh, do that until springtime we put them back on pasture again they can go out there and eat grass okay uh i think you kind of alluded to this already but is there a specific type of brand of cattle that you guys like to brand well like like uh nikes or yeah guys you know are we talking about breeds <laughs> breeds yeah yeah uh we try we try to run uh black bulls angus bulls are tend to throw smaller calves so the cow you don't have to be so with having cattle having calves all the time you just can't 
keep an eye on them as much. Yeah, you, you so can't babysit every single one of them. No, it's just impossible. It would, so you, we uh, we run black bulls for the most part. It's not a hard hard fast rule or anything. Like we just actually just got rid of a, a white bull that we had for the past year and a half, uh, a Charolais bull. But for the most part, we try to run black cows and black bulls. The Angus tend to have smaller calves. They have less problems birthing. So you don't have to be there babysitting them all the time, pulling calves. But uh, And they also bring more money whenever you sell them. The black, the, the Angus people have done a good job with their marketing. So they, uh, they tend to bring more money when you sell them. So that's another good reason to have black bulls. Gotcha. What's a breed that throws like big, like you mean small? Like what's a breed that... Has... Well, the bull we just got rid of, the Charolais bull, he threw pretty big. Pretty the big calves, yeah. Charlays are known to have big. They get their white. If the listeners don't know their breeds, those Charlay cows are white. But uh, he threw pretty big calves. So it, when you say it's up to the bull that basically throws the big calves, it's not. Is it well, the... well, the cow too, but uh, the bull. Now people are going to listen to this and think this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> no, uh, it, the genetics of of the of the cow count towards it as well, but the genetics of the bull, it's like fifty fifty. So, so your experience is the black Angus is those smaller. Yeah. So try to keep black bull. Right. Got a better chance of having a smaller calf, but they have a better rate of gain. So. <clears throat> cool. Comes up. Aces for the producer. Learn some. I learned some today. Yeah. Yeah. What you got, Jaren? He wants to raise his hand. What you got? Um, does it like when it's when the calf is smaller? Does that like have to do with when it gets older? Like, does it get bigger or do they get around the same oh, size? It, you're saying like, is there a runt runt in the pack? You know, like you have a dog. No, so they have runs? like the the black bulls they. Give smaller calves, so like, would that matter? Would they get? Oh, that's a good question. Would they get the the mark? The market size is still the same size, so they got. Yeah, so another small calf, it catches up. Yeah, so to speak, they still they still get full full size. You're still you're still butchering it at the same size. Do they get like bigger, uh, slower, or does it does that really? No, no, they'll catch up. Um, we did ask, uh, we talked about this already. What do you do with the cattle once they're fully grown? So you, you basically don't raise them until they're no. fully grown. You raise them till they're as feeders. Anywhere to f- from four to 500 pounds. And then what is a market weight? What's the market cow, Jay? Do you know? Typical weight on a feeder or? So, uh, like a to butcher. beef to kill. Oh, 11 to 1300 yeah, pounds. 11 to 13, yep. So these guys basically bring them up. Yeah, five hundred, six hundred. They put they put them on grain, or some of them do pasture and grain. You know, grass or grass fed. But I don't think we sell anything to anybody who does grass fed. So if you if you don't have a buyer for your feeders, where where do you take them? The Greenville Livestock Auction. And is that a good market? To, or do you lose money when you take them there? Or do you? No, no. Uh, you you get you know market price. So. Would you rather sell them, sell them to an individual, or would you? Well, rather? we would rather sell them to an individual just so we know where they're going, and you know. They don't end up with some derelict. Yeah, but uh, no, we. So the price we charge to the people we sell them to is market price anyway. So we're we're going to get the same price at the sale barn as what we do selling them to an individual. It's just it's just nice to know right where they're at and how they're doing. So. Um... Another question that we've kind of already answered is, can somebody buy a cow from you to have butchered? But the answer is probably no. Probably but, no. Um, I guess if if somebody was interested in in buying a cow, you they could definitely get in touch with you, and you could yeah, or give them some names of people. Me like, or any local farmer, and you want yeah. to go talk to your local beef producers because there's a lot of us in the area, and some some do finishing some don't but right. if nothing else they could tell you yeah. who they sell their animals to right. to get in, get in touch with yeah so we talked about a little of this before we got on here there's three different tell them about the three different farmers yeah you got you know like the 
whole scenes. Feeders. Oh, you're talking so like dairy and beef yeah. and yeah, yeah. So well, you got like the Holstein dairy farmers. You got they're making your, milk. Your feeders are calf to cow, like Scott's doing, and then you got your finishers. Like well, there's your, there's more than three, but yeah, there's you know that kind of kind of basic way to look at it. But uh, there's dairy guys and there's guys that do beef the way we're doing beef, and there's guys that are doing beef that are finishing all the way to butcher. So from calf to from yeah to market yeah. Um, now we're going to get into a, a topic that you might know a little bit more about. Oh, uh, thank God. Let's making let's me talk, sweat over here. Let's talk a little bit about the, the row crop side of, of the farming that you guys do. How, how many acres do you guys farm? That's not something you ask a farmer, Chad. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> well, I know. I've got, <laughs> I've got a pretty good idea. As, uh, ma- as many as you can get, as, but not more than I want. Yeah. Um, you guys just do just corn, beans, and wheat? A little bit of wheat, too, yep. Corn and beans. Is your wheat harvest complete? We are done. We finished with our wheat harvest on Thursday. So what is today? Today's Tuesday. So last Thursday. We we actually just planted all of our uh, double crop beans. Got finished with that today. That's what we were doing today. We so we didn't have... Rain. We, yeah. We didn't put them in very deep. <laughs> the planter uh, pulled a little harder today than it did in years past. Yeah, I believe that. We really didn't have a whole lot of wheat this year, so we only had 110 acres, so it was pretty, pretty easy wheat harvest, and one day of planting, and we were done. Um, you guys, you also have a couple of semis that you guys, so you guys actually, like in the wintertime, you're all, you, you do a lot of hauling to the granary right yep to the elevators and mm-hmm. stuff you you haul everything to the river for the most part uh in the fall when we're harvesting we haul home to our grain bins until they're full so once they're full just to keep going we'll take to the local elevator but everything in the bins at home over the winter will go to the river river terminals there's we we're kind of blessed where we live uh, it's a short drive to the river terminals, 35, 40 minutes. So there's four or five pretty prominent ones over there. So you got options and, uh, you can get a, a higher premium for your grain than you can just go into the local. You're cutting out the middle, man. Yeah, basically. basically. A lot of, a lot of places you go, you're a lot farther away from somewhere where you can do that. And right. A lot of guys don't, the prices we get for our grain around here are a lot better than in some places so we're definitely blessed in that aspect yeah so like you're saying like even the, the guys that are farther from the river are taking it to a local elevator and they're actually getting they're not even getting the same amount of money that you are no they're not the local elevator because they the local elevator has to truck it right way so farther. for example like our local elevators around here even being as close to the river as we are the the big terminals our local elevators around here, you're getting probably 25 cent on average difference between really? yeah between what you're getting here and what you're getting over at the river. So yeah. if you get out to where you know they're pretty far away from a big terminal where they can get barges in, they might be getting a bigger difference even more mm. so. So we're like I said, we're pretty blessed to be where we're at as far as getting a good price for our grain. Close to close enough to the good old Mississippi. Yep. The mighty Mississippi. <laughs> That's probably not looking so mighty right now. I'm sure I it's think it's probably pretty, pretty low. low. Yeah. <laughs> no, we we were up there this Sunday. It actually wasn't too bad. Oh, yeah. Casey said we were with Casey Hand. He you know he's in grain the grain business there. Oh, is he? Yeah. I didn't know no, that. Casey. <laughs> he's well, in the, yeah. I've met him. We should we should hook you up with him. Yeah. I think you were talking about him before we got on this podcast. Well, Something I, like you were on the west side of the river. Yeah. <laughs> no. He, I mean, he was explaining to me, which is all new to me again. And they they're running pretty much full full barges from Peoria down to Alton. They don't, but after pretty much they come down Alton, the Illinois River. Yeah. After Alton down New Orleans, they're running full. Hmm. That's what he was saying. I don't know. 
I wonder where the moisture's coming from. Not from around here. Um, so, do you? Would you say you got like fifty fifty beans to corn, or is it more corn you, than usually? Beans or more beans and corn. Usually, it's more beans than corn, just because uh, the wheat. Oh, because you're double cropping. You, you plant beans behind the wheat, so it's double cropping. So, yeah, we usually have more beans than corn. I mean, every once in a while it works out. It, it's 50-50, but for the most part, more beans than corn. Just just by a little bit, though. Gotcha. Well, like this year, just by 100 acres or whatever you said you did in wheat. Um, and then, <clears throat> is there any... any uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was loud. I'm sure everybody <laughs> wants to know what color tractors you run. Green. <laughs> Oliver's? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Did Jim pay you to say that? Yeah, I th- I, it was in our contract. <laughs> uh, I actually, there was a combine fire today uh, south of Island. Really? Mm-hmm. What color combine? Uh, it was not black. It was not green. <laughs> I mean, I would never wish that on anybody, and I don't want to make jokes about it. And I feel sorry for them, but guys who uh, don't like green like to say nothing burns like a deer. So yeah, anytime I see a combine that burns up that's not a green one, I like to again I take a mental note. I don't want to mention names that don't want to be mentioned, but yeah, that just south of town on one sixty. Okay, I'm, I feel you. Uh, a little bit, po- a little bit past the dairy farm on 160. Mm. We all we all know him pretty well. Damn it! Uh, it sounded like I don't, I didn't hear. I every everybody was okay from what I understand, and and they they got the fire put out. I Good. I, I actually uh, we had the scoreboard delivered to the park today. Yeah, I was wondering and, if that happened. Uh, I called Joe to see. Because he was going to unload it while he was on the fire call, and he told me that he they he basically were done. They had just got the fire put out, and they were kind of wrapping everything up. So it sounded like I actually met one of those trucks today. I think it was on the way here, so they must have just been getting back. Uh, yeah, this was probably uh right around two thirty, three o'clock this afternoon. I would hmm. say maybe they were just out driving around, having fun. Yeah. Um. Anything else about the row crop side of things, Scott, that we maybe people don't know about? That hmm. I mean, we know, you know, the the old saying always is, you know, old poor farmer as a as a joke, because um, it seems like everybody they're driving all these big tractors and stuff, and but banks got a lot of money, Chad. Yeah. Uh, well, could could somebody? start a start a row crop farm with nothing today like it would they be, don't own any it would be very hard but it is possible uh there's a there's a guy who i follow on tiktok actually he's a first generation farmer started from nothing uh if anybody wants to look him up he's called the popcorn farmer uh he used to sell popcorn oh, he still does but the popcorn farmer. He is a first generation guy and he's making it happen. And uh, I think he's in Indiana. But uh, yeah, no, he he started with nothing and he's grown pretty good. I would say he's probably farms more acres than we do actually. So he's doing it. He's proof he's proof that it's possible with a little, you know, gumption and hard work. Motivation. And, yeah. So he, I mean, he had started I mean with nothing nothing hmm. that's pretty crazy it I mean because nowadays you're I mean you're talking even for I mean what's a what's a decent used combine cost uh, okay so Not, uh, I mean we we uh we bought a combine I think this is our third year with our current combine so the combine that we traded off was a 2011 or 10 2010 combine so it was about three years ago what was three years ago 2020 2020 i guess yeah, 2020. so 
2020, so we had a 10-year-old combine. We trade off, and we got $95,000 for it. So to buy a 10-year-old combine, you're looking at, well, that was before the equipment started spiking in prices. Because right now, it's it's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, that combine, you could have bought it at that time for $100,000. A year later, with the equipment prices going crazy, you probably could have bought it for 120. That's crazy. And it was 10, 11 years old at that time. Yeah. Is that is that the most expensive piece of equipment? Yes. The most expensive piece of equipment on our farm is definitely our combine. You can buy probably what four or five tractors for the price of one combine? Uh or I would say it, it it depends on what size tractors you're buying. Gotcha. So our uh, a brand new combine right now, like if you're looking at the deer stuff, uh you're looking at well, shoot, the X9, it's a million plus by the time you get your heads and, and whatnot with it, which obviously we don't farm enough acres to justify something like that. Right. But uh, you can be looking at six, $700,000 for a new tractor as well, so they're not cheap. Now, are you running any, uh, any of the auto steer... GPS stuff in any of your tractors or combine? So pretty much everybody is, except us. <laughs> my uh, my dad, he doesn't like computers, so he doesn't know how to work it. Doesn't he, he doesn't, doesn't want doesn't want to learn. He doesn't computer. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's got a flip phone. Uh, so several years ago, it's probably been five or six years, maybe even more than that. A uh, salesman come by and say, hey, I want to put this globe on your combine for auto steer. And dad says, uh, no, I don't want that. That's, I don't, I don't want to do it. And uh, he said, well, I'm, I'll, he, my dad said, I'll try it though. And the salesman said, I'll warn you, I've never put one of these in a piece of equipment and had to take it back out. They've always said, let me keep it. I'll, I'll pay, I'll write you the check. We were the first. We were the first. <laughs> he said, come get it. Said, huh? <laughs> it was it was the next morning. He said, come get this damn beeping piece of crap out of here. I don't want it. No, I, I definitely would love to have it, but he he still calls it. He farms and I farm, and we farm together, but he still pretty much calls all the shots. There's nothing you can do about it, and if anybody listens to this, farms with their dad, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They call the shots, and you just kind of got to live with it. So you just roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, I, I know that the uh, the farming stuff every year seems like well, maybe not every year, but every three or four years just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. What what size uh, planter are you guys running? Our planter is a sixteen row uh, corn planter. And it has uh, interplant units, which means in between. So when we plant beans, it's 15 inch rows and it's 31 rows. So the back half of the planter is the corn planter. The front half has row units you can lift up and down and uh, they fit in between the corn rows. So there's 31 rows when you're planting, planting soybeans. So that's about a 40 foot wide machine. We pull it with a 320 horsepower front wheel assist tractor. Gotcha. You you guys run any cabless tractors anymore, or is pretty much everything got a cab on it? No, well, I don't think we have a we have an old antique tractor that doesn't have a cab on it. <laughs> but other than that, no, everything's got a cab. Everything's got front wheel assist. You're you have to look pretty far and wide to find a, a tractor around here that's not got a cab or or it's not front wheel assist. Other than like a tractor that a guy's got just to piddle around with for right. you know for fun. Maybe there's probably a few scoop tractors out there maybe that don't yeah, have to, cabs. Yeah, to but, fit in barns and whatnot. Yeah. But other than that, as far as like actually row cropping yeah. with, yeah. You guys got old two-wheel drive tractors for you know hauling manure or making hay or whatever. But as far as doing actual row crop farm work, it's pretty much all cab tractors and front-wheel assist. What uh, has your dad always, was your dad farming when, you, I mean, when... Have you, has it always been farming since you were a kid? When I was a kid, my dad farmed as well as drove truck. He drove dump trucks. He worked for a few people in Highland, 
Uh, he worked for Petkers for a little while, and then he worked for Muni's driving truck. But uh, I don't know what year it was or how old I was, but it was sometime in the late 90s, he quit doing all that just to farm full-time. Gotcha. So you were probably, I mean, you were probably almost old enough to be driving tractors by then. Yeah. Yeah. Late 90s. We yeah, were. I remember the first time the first time I drove a tractor by myself. Uh, it was a Sunday. We had an old Deutz tractor, 106, which was a two-wheel drive, open station tractor. And uh, it was after church on a Sunday. I said, Dad, I want to drive tractor by myself today. And he said, okay, cool. Let's go outside. And uh, we took it out there, and he said, "This is you've seen me drive this a lot of times, right? I said, yeah, because I always, I always rode with him. Like, I was always right on the fender with him. Everything, everything he did, every, everywhere, every field, I was... I was ate up with it, you know. If he was doing something, I was with him. And uh, so I, I knew what was going on. He's like, yeah, you know, this is this and this is that. And I said, yeah. He said, okay, see you later. And he walked off. And I drove that tractor all over that field. Probably for two hours straight. It was an old uh, red clover field we had behind our house. And I drove it. And uh, the one thing I didn't know was how to turn it off. <laughs> so... Uh, I was I was done. I was like, yeah, I'm tired of this. I, I, you know, I've driven every square inch of this field 20 times already. So I stopped because I knew how to stop, obviously. And I was like, well, how do I turn this tractor off? So I don't, I don't know. So I just got off of it and I walked to the house. I said, Dad, tractor's out there. It's running. I don't know how to turn it off. There was I didn't know how to work the kill switch. <laughs> I'd never done it before. There was a there's a little pull, you know, kill switch on it. And I had no idea. Hmm. Um. So also maybe a, a little bit of, of your background. I mean, you're you're a hundred percent farming now, but I mean, you you didn't just drop out of high school and do it. You no you gotta No, I went work. to college. I uh I went to the University of Illinois. I got a degree in crop science and I graduated in two thousand seven and I went to work for Syngenta, which is a ag business company in the area. Well in the country, but we have a research location in the area, and I worked there in a soybean research, and I did that for, I don't know, four or five years, and then uh, some ground came up for rent that I acquired, and I, I did that for one year while I also worked at Syngenta, and then it, it didn't really work out to where I could do both. After one year, I realized that, you know, I needed to commit to one or the other, so I uh, said so so long, so long Syngenta, and I went to work full-time on the farm. Any regrets? Nope. <laughs> Good deal. Um, so, I think, I think that's about, I think we beat that topic to death. Um, what about, you guys got any plans for the Fourth of July weekend coming up. Yeah, Jay, tell us. Oh, we do, but the weather, Mother Nature's not cooperating. Yeah, the, the burn ban. <clears throat> we got quite a few uh, dollars wrapped up in some fireworks sitting in my garage, and, and a lot of the guys are planning on coming over from work, and you know, we're back to the. We need some rain. We need some rain bad. Some rain real bad. Yeah. And if we don't, which we're on a burn ban right now in our county, in Bond County. So it's, as of right now, it's probably not going to happen, but. Oh, they you got, have little faith. They got some percentages out there for the next couple of days, but they've said that quite for, a few times. For the past month. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, all honesty, I don't care about fireworks, but the, you know, crops in this area, and they really need some rain bad. Yeah, no matter what, there'll still be a party. Yeah, we're still gonna yeah <laughs> we're going to drink some beer. We're still going to cook food and drink beer and they're, have, they're have just, wolf ball wolf ball tournament. You know, yeah. kids woo are going to yep. We just may not be, be fun. May not be lighting up the, right. the night sky with with and we will light the night sky up when it rains. <laughs> yeah, when it rains. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just be postponed like everybody else's. Fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it, though. Yeah. Go to church. 
pray. Uh, I guess. I do have a question on the last topic. Is that too late or no? Oh, go ahead. Jaron, please, please. Uh, when you're talking about, like, your most expensive thing yeah. on your farm, do you own the semis? Yes. Would those be close to how much the combines Not would even be? close. Really? Not even close. Uh, I thought they would be pretty close. Nope. Hmm. Not when you're driving a 1989 Peterbilt. Hey, Peterbilt, <laughs> it's a 1992, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my truck's pretty old for those of you listening. But still get still gets from point A to point B. It's actually pretty low mile. It's got less than five hundred thousand miles on it. Hmm. My dad my dad's truck is a 2012 and it's got more miles on it than mine does. So jumping back into that, I thought of something. Um shoot. So do do you and your dad split the the grain sales, or, or do you... That's a good question. So, he has ground that he owns, and other ground that he rents. I have ground that I rent. So, it's all separate. My grain is my grain, his grain is his grain. Gotcha. This land is your land. This is my land. land. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, uh, we split some equipment costs... Some equipment is his, some equipment is mine. Most of it's his. You know, he's been in the game a lot longer. So, but uh, no, I'm getting to the point where I'm buying into more stuff, you know, as we go. So, but most of our equipment is his, and uh, a very little of it is mine, and some of it is ours together. Gotcha. So, you, you, like you said, you, you have your grain, he has his grain, but you guys work together and correct plant everything together and harvest everything together. Um, anything, any, any new news or anything that happened in the barbecue world since last time, Jay? Any- oh, man, yeah, Jay, keep us posted. This barbecue world's been just hopping. Uh, not, you know, and we'll talk with the Clinton County Barbecue Society, supply the meat for them this last weekend. Oh, at Irvington? Irvington, Illinois. Ryan Cedar, I'm on. He's a good cook. Yeah, I saw that he one eighty chicken. Yep. Uh, gosh darn! I had this whole spiel in my head. Janky leg cook anywhere? He did. He got ninth overall. He was pissed off. He shouldn't have been pissed off. He called me up. He's madder than a hornet. Wants to fire me? Call him out. <laughs> Call him out. <laughs> no, he's he's the man. He's. Me and him are as about as ties can be. And he's hooked us up with a lot of other people in this week. We've shipped out more meat to, I mean, we're shipping like Maine to South Carolina, again to Kenny O'Shields, uh, Jason Cole in Memphis, to Levi Stokes, who just drove by. He's from Colorado to uh, Jason Hardy. Jason Singleton to a lot of pretty big names in the barbecue world and uh, a lot goes to nice to Jordan who sticks his neck out for us and he you know me and Jordan we're not only you know business we do a lot of business together but he's actually you know, friend Jason Halterman, another friend, he was in there today. Yeah, I saw his post. He forgot to put his <laughs> up the last time he was there. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had uh, who else we have? Ryan, Jason. Uh, yeah, a lot of them. I mean, Bill Hine doing anything? Haven't no, I haven't ter- talked to Bill for a couple of days here, but no, he's probably hanging low. Uh, Tim and Sam Van Doren out of Alabama, still the Bama Grill Master. He's very popular. We're still trying to send him a bunch of meat the other week, and it got uh, turned out it was damaged box from UPS. They probably saw it and they wanted to steal it. 
But uh, we're going to resend. Yeah, stop putting your return address on this yeah. stuff. We're going to resend a box. Tim and Sam are awesome. I think they're going to come to our comp in September. And uh, I don't know if you follow him on social media, but the Bama Girl Master on TikTok. Uh, Instagram. I think I've seen him before. Yeah, yeah. his uh, dude, he fuck. His his video, like his TikTok videos, show up on the Facebook Shorts also. Yeah. Um, he can cook some shit. I follow him on TikTok, so his short. A lot of times when I'm scrolling through Facebook, his uh, videos will pop up on my Facebook feed as well. I, I think he's being my girl master on all social media platforms. Yeah, right, so he he's going to the comp and to our comp. I think so. I don't know if it's official, Fingers but uh, we're uh, trying crossed. to lure him in. Is he cooking backyard or pro? Nah, I, don't th- I, I think, I think he's just SCA and just and uh, shake hands and sign uh, I, hate, I hate that to beat him, you know. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. Okay, now I know who you're yes. talking about. I know that voice, yeah. You know what time it is. All right, guys. Oh, he's good. It, they're a good family. They're Marty's the one that got him lined up with us, and yeah, other than that, and the barbecue world was kind of slow this weekend. Uh, speaking of, I forgot to mention in what we've been up to, whenever we got back from uh, our vacation, I signed Briley up for the kids' oh, class. Yeah, yeah, how was that? You said it was good, yeah, it was really good. Um, it was held at Code 3 Spices in. Collinsville or Collinsville Barbecue Store. Um, the the person that put it on is Chef John. He actually owns Jerry's Cafeteria in Granite City. And uh, Jeff Bartles um, helped him out. Um, but Chef John was teaching the class. And they, they taught the kids how to do uh, wings and uh, pork chop. The main reason for having the class is because... Um, Code 3's comp is doing a kid's queue and it's pork chop. That's why they had it. Um, but it kind of worked out good for, for Briley for sure. She's actually she's going to do Code 3's kid's pork chop. And then our CDH, trekking for CDH comp, uh, we're doing a kid's queue and it's also pork chop. And then she's doing another one in Aviston in August, which is pork chop. So it was it was good for her to, to see, you know, kind of, I mean, it, the, he did a really good job. He let all the kids come up, so they had whole wings, and he let all the kids come up, and he showed them how to how to break break them at the knuckles and and cut the basically cut the flats and the drummies and separate mm-hmm. the flats from the drummies. He let them all use the knife and cut the cut at the joints. And mm-hmm. uh, Jeff was you know they both were set up, so half the kids went to Jeff and half the kids went to Chef John for that, and then. Um, they seasoned them up with Lima Loca. And, uh, Did they? Now we're talking. Yeah. Seasoned oh, wow. season the wings up with Lima Loca. And then uh, Marty actually stopped by, made a special appearance, and talked to the kids for, you know, Marty, for about one and a half minutes. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was good, though. They Marty t- kind of told them, you know, about the rub and, and that he, you know, that he made it and... and Kind of. He must only had like three beers in him. Yeah, I don't know if he had any at that time. Oh shit! Poor this guy. Was, this was like two o'clock in the afternoon, which I mean that's not. Oh, he had five. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they it was really good. And then so after they put the they put the wings on the on a pellet grill outside, and then um, came back in and they had a whole um, whole pork loin, and they let each kid come up and slice their slice their chop out of the loin so they and then they each put them in their own little boat and then they season those up with uh stack house mm-hmm. and uh um, whiskey and shout and, out um malcolm reed's uh ap they were uh running some of that i guess i guess malcolm's coming to yeah. their comp malcolm uh, and heath are yeah are you gonna sign me up for that uh, CDH thing. Yeah, come on, Dad. Collinsville or CDH? You can CDH, do both. both. Yeah, you can do both. All right. It's only twenty five bucks. Do you know what you're doing? Uh, my yeah. dad can teach me. My dad can teach me. Yeah. Speaking uh, of teaching, which one of you guys is going to be teaching us for the uh, 
backyard at the CDH. Oh yeah, if ever, you know, it's if gonna you, be a joint venture. If you sign up August first for the backyard, Chad and myself, maybe Kyle. I mean, Kyle's gonna be there, but he might be late. I saw some, <laughs> I saw something on Facebook about Jeff Bartles. Is that not happening, or am I, am I misremembering? Um, well, we did in the very early on. We talked about asking Jeff to help out, but I I think just to not put any more on his plate gotcha i think we we think we can handle it you can handle it yeah we were we were gonna ask jeff um because he's probably more organized than myself jay kyle and casey uh i mean he's taught classes before this will be the first class that we've officially taught we've been to enough of them though uh but no i don't think just because jeff busy with the purposeful barbecue experience and all that stuff so you're saying i shouldn't have put him on the spot right there well you're he, he's not gonna care <laughs> i i mean we're gonna have a lot of pro teams a lot of, yeah when i posted that oh there was like so many pro teams reached out to me and said hey anything i can do to help yeah anything i can do to be there and i told them it was like the more the, pro teams yeah, the that better. we can get just the more information that you can throw at a a new cook, new person that thinks he can't do it, what you can do it. I mean, it, it's intimidating, yes, but, and it's, there's a lot of nerve wracking, like, moments into it, but it's not that hard. I mean, it, it's yeah. just getting out there and doing it. Doing it once, twice, you know, you, you're not going to win the first time. You're not going to win the second time, but maybe third, fourth. Didn't you? <laughs> Oh, but Jay, you could, don't be so you could modest. Definitely, you could. There's, there's a very good chance that you could get a call. Mm-hmm. Your first, your first comp. I mean, right. If you, if you do a little bit of practice yeah. at your house with ribs and chicken, you, you could very easily get a call. Your first comp. You know, it's just like the old saying says: "Practice makes perfect." There you go. Yeah. Which it's so cliche, and no one believes it, and blah blah blah. But that's what it is. And dealing with these high, like these high profile barbecue professional cooks, I deal with these guys are cooking. If they're not cooking at a barbecue comp on a, a weekend, they are cooking at home, practicing. just practicing. That's yeah. what they do, and that's what it takes to like. It depends what your level of like or what your what your goals are. goal is, what your motivation I mean, is. If you want to be, do you want to be the best? Yeah, I mean. It was like that that steak that steak class I took at you guys' place with Marty's like that crap blew my mind. Right. How a, how intense he took it right. and the level of detail it's informing, that he put into it. It's informing to you, you're like, holy shit, but I mean, are you gonna do that every day? No, but it's pretty wild to think of what goes into mm-hmm. a steak, which you think I can cook the best steak in the world. And then you see Marty Pluka's steak, you're like yeah, I'm way, way <laughs> the What I'm doing ain't nothing like this. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, I mean, the same way with us. Like, you can do chicken lay or drums and thighs and ribs or whatever. You're like, oh shit. But I mean, just put it together and you can make something happen. But Marty, he's been like doing it for a long time. So it's. He actually hasn't been doing that long. I think. No, I. Really? No, he just, I think probably five to seven years, actually, steak world. Yeah. But he just practice, practice, practice. Like you, you, was it third year? Hmm. Do you remember whenever we were on our trip and you said, I'm going to cook steaks for you guys? Yeah, they suck. (laughs) Yeah, started (laughs) I thought they were fine, but. No, they were terrible. That was probably, what, five, six years ago? Yeah, at least five. Yeah. And now look at you. Mr. Golden Ticket for a hot dog. Hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> this guy's been listening to podcasts. <laughs> Gas station ketchup and I'm mustard. I'm one of 13 listeners. Chat said it was 200. Oh, look at us go. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. I do want to. I do want to thank everybody that has listened. Um, this is actually our first recording since since I published the the five episodes that we had recorded. I, I do appreciate everybody listening. Um, I would appreciate a, a few people have texted me um, comments and compliments and constructive criticism, which is awesome. I love it. 
I know a lot of people have reached out to Jay um, with same things, compliments, constructive criticism. Um, I Meet know, Cartel 3 at gmail.com. Yeah, meetcartel3 at gmail.com. I have not received one email. <laughs> I would love to receive some emails from people that don't have our contact information and, and let us yeah, know. Let quit, us know if you like us. Quit texting me. <laughs> if you want to hear if you want to hear more you know tell us tell us what our issue it is uh we do know that i we had an audio issues on the podcast with marty i'm gonna leave it out there um we're gonna you, get him back if you turn your volume all the way up you can hear me very well but you can <laughs> faintly hear marty um my apologies i had the wrong input selected on that on that recording uh we're still learning the the audio side and and how to get the best uh out of all our voices so uh we appreciate you sticking with us and and yeah we have had uh, over 200 listens um and i think we have around thanks mom and dad yeah i think we have around um 50 or 60 actual followers uh so we would love to we we hope that that keeps growing and the only way to make this better is if you let us know what what you want to hear and yes sir how we can make it better than than it is right now um cdh um cdh comp still again september 16th and 17th as we were talking about a little bit earlier um jay's goal um which we've made it all our goal is the to have more backyard teams than than pro teams at our comp the backyard teams are are what keep this sport alive so if you get signed if you get signed up um for our comp by august 1st you you are going to get a free a free to you um backyard class uh put on by jay kyle casey and myself and as Jay said, a bunch of pro guys are showing up also. So I don't think you'll ever see a class, whatever you want to call this, like this ever, ever. ever. I can't wait. Really, no. I don't think so. There's- not and especially not with all the all the people that know what they're talking about right. that are going to be there yeah. and can give you. And we're going to learn something. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I said in my post on Facebook. I, no means we are worthy of putting on a class, but our goal is to not let the person feel like you shouldn't be able to cook in a competition. Yeah, we we all started in the same spot. Right. I mean, it was it was super nerve wracking for myself, Jay, and Kyle. The first comp we ever tried to enter and do, uh, but get that first one under your belt, and yep. you'll you'll be addicted. Yeah, for sure. If you. If you enjoy cooking in your backyard, smoking meat on whatever, a pellet grill, it doesn't matter. Uh, any type of smoking device. Dirty whore. Uh, Sorry. You're, if you, if you really cheap. do enjoy it, you should, you should give the competition a try. I'll sell you a drum. Uh, I know that uh, Chris Bonemeyer... The 500. guy running the Code 3 comp, he actually said so, that so he's got, it, it looks it. like he's leaning towards a it. lot of uh, backyard teams this year. He, he thinks they're going to have quite a few backyard teams. So hopefully that's a sign of the times and we'll, and that will keep trending for our comp as well. But How many backyard teams do you guys have last year? We had 12 last year. Oh, we're, we're blowing that out of the water this yeah. year. It's we, happening. We had 12 backyard and 29 pro teams last year, uh, so we're we're hoping to we're hoping to have at least at least 29 backyard teams this year. Jay, what are you doing, what bud? What are you doing? The hell I don't think he knows how to work those headphones. Give me them. There you go. Oh, oh. no, no maybe on. not. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna break something. Oh, hair, no, make, no, give hair popping and cr- oh, crackling. Yeah, give it to the kid. He'll know what to do. I'll flip it. There you there go. There you go. Oh, Jaren to the rescue. He's back. Who Who's going to be at this class? I'll be there. No, like the pr- pros. Uh, oh. So Jordan Kirkpatrick <sighs> is 
is hoping to be. It's on a Sunday, so that's a plus because his comment was hopefully it's on a Sunday. <laughs> well, I, me, and, me and Marty got to learn what to do, so. Marty will be there. We'll be we, there. We don't have any guarantees yet on mm. pro guys that are going to be there, but several have. I think Mike Mulkey. Yeah, team, Mike Mulkey mentioned. Team of the year. That they, they would love to come. Uh, James Ansusi, which he's an old retired. Good question. Washed Darren. up. Good question. SLBS team. <laughs> but he said he's going to come. Uh, he actually, oh, I think, said that he would, if anybody wanted to, he would yeah, help them yeah. cook I think backyard at our comp. He's got a team lined up. Does he? Yeah. He's pretty good. He, oh, he's a man. He Love cooked up on my or at my birthday. He yep. cooked some ribs, and they were good. Yeah, yeah. I wish that guy never would have quit quit cooking barbecue because he could cook a mean rib. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's about it. Other than that, he's kind of just a <laughs> <laughs> amateur. What? Uh, what was his team name? Two bubs and a rub. Two, Two bubs and a rub. Yep. Him and Corey. Corey. I mean, I've never met. I still this day, me and Corey and James talk. Definitely, James talk on like a daily basis or every other day, and that's that's what it's all about. He's good really. people. Yeah, he's a yeah. You get relationships hey. like that. Some like Jordan Kirkpatrick, same deal. I mean, the part that that's the other really cool thing about like. If once if you get involved in the in the backyard, in the barbecue side of things, and you start going to a few of these comps, these most of these pro guys are just it, cool people. It's just a big family. Yeah. They're, they're going to be more than willing to help you yeah. if you have a question. They're going to help you. They're they they want you to succeed. Right, just like boots, the uh, boots. boots. I mean, they're, they're the, some of the greatest guys in the comp world, too. And, you know, I go on and on and yeah. on and on. I mean, 113Q. Yeah. Kevin's a, an awesome dude. I mean, they're... I mean, Schaefer, Chris Schaefer, Chris Heavy Smokies, taught me and Kyle a lot of stuff. Yeah. Probably a lot of success on Kyle's ribs. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's just how it is. He, good people. Yeah. Surround yourself with good people and good things happen. That's right. I've always said that. Uh, so, again, uh, if you're on the fence, get off the fence. Get signed yep, up. Yep, get signed the, up. For our comp September 16th and 17th. Uh, yes, backyard, sir. backyard and pro comp will be on Sunday the 17th. SCA will be on Saturday. Ancillary. Uh, and uh, ancillary on Saturday. Uh, anything what me. What is ancillary? Anything but meat. We're having anything but meat at our own comp. Yep. Sure are. We have like cauliflower. No, it can be anything. It's it's more. It means more like anything but competition meat. So oh. so like like you could do margaritas and stuff like that as ancillary. Yeah yeah yeah. You could and do like hot dogs. Uh, shrimp. Oh Jay. You could do any kind of seafood. Or you got, got my golden ticket. Seafood, Going to Fort Worth, salmon, baby. Any side, it just it can't be anything with pork, beef, or chicken. All right, like a hot dog, like lips and assholes. Well, oh, there's a lot of pork assholes and beef and <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> um, Scott, if uh, ever if there's anybody listening on this podcast that that is so intrigued to reach out to you to get maybe to talk to you more about farming uh how what's the best way you got facebook or TikTok oh i doubt or... they want to but yeah i'm on facebook what what scott wessel scott wessel you know i've got tiktok but I don't, I don't do much on that anymore alias no that's my name that's my name scott <laughs> wessel um again uh thanks everybody for listening uh, pretty overwhelming with how many um uh, listeners we've had uh, i can honestly say i didn't think we'd even have as many as we already do all five of you thank you but we'd love we'd love for it for it to keep growing and again uh please please reach out shoot us an email meetcartel3 at gmail.com 
uh, with any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, constructive criticism. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon. Thank <laughs> you.